Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to explain why inflation risks are not priced in. Inflation fears are heating up. Long-term treasury yields are rising. Prices of many commodities are up sharply. This includes crude oil, copper, and resins, which are used to make plastics. Joe Biden is working on a $1.9 trillion COVID relief plan. Once that's done, more trillions of dollars in spending will follow for infrastructure and to fight climate change. Meanwhile, the Federal Reserve is buying long-term bonds and expects to keep short-term interest rates low for some time, probably at least a couple of years. So now you have both fiscal and monetary policy working in concert to stimulate growth. JP Morgan expects 6% GDP growth this year and 4% next year. While the lives lost to COVID can't be restored, we are well on our way to an economic recovery. All of those, uh, those indicators of growth and increasingly indicators of rising inflation, as you know, the TIPS uh, 10-year break-even on inflation is now over 2%, up from six-tenths of 1%. My point is that at some point, we've got too much liquidity going into the system. The economy is recovering very, very well. Problems are isolated and should be addressed narrowly. And I hope that $120 billion a month of bond buying doesn't become a permanent um, situation. That was Senator Pat Toomey expressing concern about inflation. I remember him from when he worked on Wall Street some 30 odd years ago. So he understands more than your typical senator about finance. Betting on higher inflation has been a losing trade for my entire career. And the most dangerous words in investing are, this time it's different. So let's start with that. Uh, you could see spending pick up pretty substantially in the second half of the year. And that would be a good thing, of course, but it could also put upward pressure on prices. It doesn't seem likely that that would result in very large increases or that they would be persistent. Forecasters need to be humble and have a great deal to be humble about, frankly. But so if, if we turn, if, if it does turn out that, that unwanted inflation pressures uh, arise and they're persistent, then we have the tools to deal with that and we will. That's Fed Chair Jay Powell. He expects inflation to rise later this year, but he's not worried about it because it'll be temporary. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. The economy will be booming, inflation will be ticking up, and investors will need to be comfortable that it's temporary, that inflation will dip back down. At this point, the committee, thorough market committee, is seeking inflation running moderately above 2% for some time. The Fed will probably be comfortable with inflation above 2%, but I'm not so sure that 10-year treasuries at 1.4% or so offer adequate compensation to sit through that. So I think bonds are vulnerable. One thing that is different this time is that we're hopefully coming out of a pandemic. There's not much history around that, but an awful lot of people I talk to seem ready to get back to normal. The COVID fatalities are terrible. But you know what doesn't get enough attention? 
is all the non-COVID deaths. 500,000 people have died with COVID in America. But over the same period, 3.3 million Americans have died from something other than COVID. Those 3.3 million people spent the last year of their life denied many of the normal aspects of living, eating out, seeing friends, traveling. Which is worse, to be one of the 500,000 who died with COVID or the 3.3 million who spent the past year trying to avoid it but died anyway? Well, they're both bad outcomes. But the fact is, we're all more likely to die of something other than COVID. Of the people 55 and over who died in the past year, almost 90% didn't die with COVID. Even among people over 85 years old, 87% of the fatalities in that group were non-COVID. All those old people sheltered in place, didn't see their loved ones, in many cases saw hardly anyone, so they could avoid getting COVID. But they died anyway. And their last year of life was spent trying to avoid something that in the end didn't kill them because something else got there first. That's also tragic. And maybe a lot of those people, if they could have that last year back, might have behaved differently. Many people intuitively know that society can't go on like this, even if they haven't considered the numbers quite the way I've described. I don't think that perspective receives nearly enough attention. As we head into our second year of dealing with the pandemic, everybody is hoping life will return to normal. Here's why it matters for financial markets. Because when people are given the chance, there's going to be an awful lot of making up for lost time. And who can blame them? We'll see if the Fed has modeled that. But at current yields, bond investors are not getting paid anything for taking the risk that a post-pandemic spending splurge alters the outlook for inflation. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.